Hi, Allison here. Today, and again in January, we'll be dropping a bonus episode in our feed. We're taking a winter break, and we'll be back with new episodes in February. In the meantime, I hope you enjoy this excerpt from an MIT SMR BCG webinar based on our report, Expanding AI's Impact with Organizational Learning. Sam and Shervin are joined by Walmart's Prakar Mahotra, who you might remember from our very first episode of Me, Myself, and AI. Prakar shares how Walmart thinks about five modes of human-AI interaction with specific examples. We've linked the related report in our show notes if you'd like to read more about our research on human-machine collaboration. Our main finding is that machine learning involves much more than teaching machines. Uh, Don't get tripped up by thinking that we just need to teach machines to do what we know how to do and that everything will work out. Instead, organizations that are leading with AI focus on mutual learning, mutual learning between machines and humans. So first, how did we actually do this? Uh, We're going to talk about the research. What is the research? And well, what the research is, is that we fielded a survey. Uh, We gathered more than 3,000 responses from managers and executives around the world. We then combined those survey responses with some detailed interviews with executives and academics across many industries. And the idea is that you know, we, can, we can pull out a rich report that's both broad and deep. And we published this report, um, it's called Expanding AI's Impact with Organizational Learning. It describes those findings and details. We're focusing on organizations' impact, getting more impact and, and finding that some organizations get more than others and trying to figure out who does and who doesn't. We're seeing about 60% have some sort of an AI strategy, about 11% get some impact. Uh, I'd also add a few statistics. Uh, 90% of organizations would say they believe that AI is critical and they have to figure out something to do with it. So there's clearly a desire. I mean, the major takeaway here is there is a big gap between ambition and impact. And so this report's really focusing on what do these 11% do that are getting significant in the order of tens and hundreds of millions for a typical multi-billion dollar company. And what these guys do is that they make humans and AI play nice together, right? They facilitate environments in the organization. And by that, I mean full systems, right? For AI and humans to collaborate, uh, to learn from each other in such a way that both the machines and also the humans get smarter. Uh, They typically establish multiple ways for humans and machines to work together and learn from each other. And they do this in systematic and continuous ways. And this is really what we call organizational mutual learning with AI. Uh, For this to happen, uh, a lot of building blocks have to be built. So first, you've got to want to do something with AI, which is what we call the discovery phase, right? This is uh, what there is a strong desire to do something. There are limited deployments in very select and narrow applications. And there are some proofs of concept, minimum viable products. You know, these organizations that are curious, have some activity, have some POCs. And what is the likelihood of impact is actually quite low. It's 2%. It's almost negligible. The next stage is what we call building AI. And this is where there are truly concerted efforts in the organization to build the foundation in data, in technology infrastructure, in digital and AI platforms, to hire the right talent, and to create a cohesive business strategy that uses AI 
to drive real business value. Uh, and actually, that's where most of the lift's coming from. Now, organizations that do these have a 20% chance of getting significant value from AI. Next uh, step is uh, scaling AI. Now, this means going from the building blocks and the building of AI, from the production of AI to the consumption of AI. In other words, to implement AI in business processes, do it in multiple business processes. It also means not just looking at AI as a means of automation, but actually uh, in, uh, deploying it in revenue generating functions in the organization. Uh, companies who do this double the likelihood of getting impact. So by this point, they're at 40%. Now, the last stage, which is really what we're going to talk about mostly today, is about achieving organizational learning with AI, right? This is about building feedback loops, establishing these continuous ways where humans can learn from AI and AI can learn from human, uh, knowledge sharing between humans and machines. And also it means allowing and facilitating multiple ways that humans and AI can work together. Organizations that do this have another 34% uh, chance of getting value, right? So effectively, what the research shows is that this is the secret sauce of, of these companies. So the major takeaway here is, first of all, significant impact is possible. Uh, many foundational building blocks have to be taken. But pretty importantly, technology and data science is absolutely necessary, but far from sufficient, right? You see the major lifts here are coming from really that strategy alignment that Sam talked about, going beyond automation and putting AI in business processes. And the biggest one comes from sharing knowledge and different roles that humans and AI you know, can play together. And that's the secret sauce of the 11%. I want to spend a little bit of time on what are these modes of learning between humans and AI, right? We will discuss five modes here. All of those organizations that are getting significant impact are heavily employing almost all of these modes to a large extent. So let me spend a little bit of time on what are these different modes of learning between humans and AI, and then Prakar will give us some uh, real-life examples from, from Walmart. So you see here these five modes, and we've labeled them to make it simpler to understand. So the one on the left is automator. So what does that mean? That means AI has the full context uh, and information and ability to make pretty autonomous decisions, and human is really unnecessary, right? And so a good example of this would be in uh, credit uh, fraud prevention, right? Every time you swipe your credit card at the transaction point, an AI engine quickly decides whether to authorize it or not. There's no human intervention needed, uh, and humans would actually slow down the process significantly, bring it to a halt, frankly. Uh, another example would be in the manufacturing process, where the, the precision uh, AI engine would look at different parts that are being built and would throw away the defective parts, right? Pretty, pretty much faster than a human could do that. So that's sort of the automator role. There's a lot of value here, but that's just a sliver of the, of the value, right? The next one is the decider. So what happens here is, AI is actually making a decision, but human has to implement that decision. So AI is sort of identifying things that have to be done and 
making decisions on almost what needs to be done, but the human has to validate and implement. So a good example here would be in predictive maintenance, right? So you can imagine a electric grid, an AI engine would say, what part of the electric grid is likely to go down? Or what part of a manufacturing production line or a chemical plant uh, is in danger of failure? And then engineer reviews it and then executes it. It goes there and fixes it. Another example of this is in retail industry, where the AI forecast engine would say what the demand could be for a particular item in a particular store at a particular time. And then the human manager or operator at that store acts on it and makes sure that that item is available. Now, in the middle is where human and AI interactions are a lot more, I would say, iterative, right? Where AI makes a recommendation, but humans decide. And it, a good example that's recently becoming really popular, uh, and I wouldn't have ex expected this being a chemical engineer myself, is in chemical plant operations, where AI engine suggests tweaks in the reaction parameters, you know, pressure and temperature and flows and reactor mixes and things like that to increase yield. Uh, but the engineer makes those decisions or pushes back on the AI engine. And, and so they sort of work together to optimize. The next one is the illuminator. And, and this is a pretty interesting mode. Uh, these are inherently creative processes or processes that require a fair amount of human judgment. And, and human institutional knowledge and wisdom. But the, it, what AI can do is it can process and inform this information a lot faster and then also allow human to see things that he or she might not have, have seen. So a good example here is in industrial design or in automotive design where AI engines suggest many different design ideas for a given design objective, so you want, let's say, slick lines or, or a particular you know, aerodynamic profile, but you also have some engineering requirements. And you know, AI starts suggesting ideas, but that the human actually makes the call. And then the final mode we want to talk about is the evaluator. Here, the stakes are actually quite high. This is where human needs to decide, human needs to act, and human actually has a lot of the ideas, but needs quick validation. So a good example here is in, you know, complex scenario analysis or war gaming, where there's multiple big ideas that are proposed by humans, but the implications and pros and cons of these ideas are hard for humans to fully understand because there's second order and third order effects, there's implications. And so AI engine could quickly say, look, this is the idea you have, here's what's going to happen. If you know, here's what's going to happen to cost. Here's what's going to happen to people. Here's what's going to happen to process. I mean, a good example to think about this is what like chess masters today use AI engines to explore novel strategies, right? They might see 10 or 15 or 20 moves ahead, but they cannot see 100 moves ahead. And this is, again, where AI is really evaluating the human ideas. So with that, I'm going to pass to Prakar to share with us how he's leveraging all of these modes to really drive significant value uh, at Walmart. Yeah, thank you, Sherwin and Sam. I think um, uh, the most important point that I'll start with is, um, is the fact that when we thought about AI at Walmart and incubating some projects, these five modes or the four modes, uh, we, it was not an afterthought. We thought about it, okay, you know, on a particular problem, uh, uh, we want it to be an automator. Like we didn't call it the term automator, but we said that, look, we want to fully automate this and we want to be intelligent. 
in some cases we said that no it's actually man plus machine so that was we spent a lot of time up front deciding that uh, and so the examples that you will see um, uh, i'll elaborate more on that so um, yes in the first example it's an automator um, and so an automator uh, a good example would be uh, how we do pricing uh, especially clearance pricing for uh, unsold inventory uh, in this particular example, uh, uh, in this particular case, the AI has all the necessary context to figure out uh, how should we price an item uh, uh, so that I can sell it uh, by a specified date, right? Like as as as, as Sherwin mentioned, um, uh, humans would actually slow down this process. Uh, 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 Walmart has millions of items, and so pricing them and finding the optimal price them is completely automated. And there is a feedback loop that is built in it, meaning every time uh, we make a mistake or something doesn't go right or it learns, uh, agent keeps learning. And so over time, it becomes smarter and smarter and smarter. So in clearance pricing, uh, the AI agent has all the context. Humans will slow down this process. And so right now, uh, this is completely automated inside Walmart. Uh, um, so that's a good example of an automator. Decider, uh, so this, uh, all of us would have uh, felt it, especially during the pandemic world, uh, the substitutions uh, or the smart substitutions uh, on online grocery orders. So online grocery is a, is a, uh, is a way where you can use an uh, app uh, or online and place an order uh, and uh, uh, either, either uh, uh, so it will go into the store and, and, and fulfill it for you and pick up the groceries for you and then have it delivered. And so what happens in the real world is uh, uh, is that um, in the real world, and this happens with every retailer, uh, there are out of stocks. And out of stocks can happen because there is way more demand. Uh, there are inventory issues. Uh, and so what you, while AI has all the context to make the decisions that look at certain item is not available, should we get some other item based on the consumer preference? You actually want uh, that human touch. Uh, you might have seen this. Uh, say it might be asking you, oh, "This uh, chicken is not available. Maybe chicken breasts are not available. Should I get thighs for you?" Right. Uh, and so, and also the issue of freshness of the item. And so, this is where uh, AI takes makes ninety five percent of the decisions that this might be the smart serve. But then you have this last human touch, which helps in managing exceptions. So, a decider. Uh, this is a smart good example of a decider and how we implement it inside the company. Uh, recommender systems, uh, it's classical machine learning, uh, online shopping and replenishment systems are good example. I think Sherwin touched upon that. So if you go to the next slide, I uh, actually have two examples here. And replenishment is a process in retail where every retailer and every node, we have to uh, refill our items, right? And so that involves calculations of lot of metrics like consumer demand, stock availability, safety stock, et cetera, et cetera, right? And then all is that fed into the algorithm to decide the best order quantity and best time to place the order. However, being a marketplace, you actually, uh, Walmart doesn't manufacture stuff. And so we need to have some context on, on the supply chain of the vendor, right? So especially during pandemic times, right? Algorithms can say, oh, I need these many uh, toilet papers, or we need these many Clorox bottles because that's what the demand says, but somebody has to manufacture them also. And so that input is needed. So I have to make large number of decisions but doesn't necessarily have all the context all the time, like lead time variations, availability schedule constraints, 
So that is where uh, human input uh, is needed. That's a good example of a recommender system. The other example is classical online shopping. We all must have felt it. You buy a TV in this example, uh, buy together and save is a good example where let's say you purchase a TV online, algorithm will say that, look, you know what, maybe you should also buy a TV stand. And that's a good example because here, like it's recommending you, it doesn't necessarily have the context whether you have a TV stand a priori or not, or you maybe bought it from somewhere else, but it's trying to recommend you, but you decide uh, whether you want to buy it or not. So it's classical recommendation systems is, is a good example for recommender. Uh, uh, illuminator assortment is a very good example. Like we, uh, the human beings, uh, our tastes, uh, our preferences are the way we shop is constantly changing. Uh, it's actually changing at a much more rapid pace than one could imagine. And so, here, uh, thing is that AI has all the necessary AI, AI can provide the context on like, what the customer shopping patterns are by geography, by by time, by by season by a historical purchase pattern. Uh, but then there is this element of innovation, right? Okay, you know what? I think we should uh, I think uh, uh, we should have more organic items in this. So we should have XYZ merchandising. Well, this color might be trending in apparel. And so uh, you use uh, AI and machine learning to basically generate all these insights into how the consumer's pattern is shifting and, and, and what attributes are important. And then you you basically the human in this case merchants basically take the decisions they go find the best pricing on it they negotiate with the supplier and figure out how what is the best way to put it in our stores and and our fulfillment centers and have have it available online for you to shop. So it's an example of uh, how AI is used to generate insights, but then there's a lot more work that needs to happen for it to actually become a reality. And a human innovation is very important here. So assortment is a good example, what items to carry and how many. The last example that I have, I think is evaluator. The best example is you can think of as an extreme event like natural disasters, COVID-19 pandemic, right? The stakes are very high. Uh, there is not enough context in the historical data. And so the way we think about situations like this inside Walmart, let's just say there is a cyclone that is hitting certain area. Uh, there are flooding, have floods happening. And so what we, and then we have to have, have our stores open uh, uh, and fulfillment center and distribution centers open. Uh, 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 so what do we do? We basically uh, use the AI in reverse where we say that, look, you know, humans, you pass through many scenarios as possible. And this is where human ingenuity and, and comes in into mind, like as Sherwin was talking about, like we will pass on scenarios, okay, no, how should we think about uh, refilling water, water supplies, like water bottles, like food and consumable items. So the way AI works here internally is that it passes through the anomalies that it has seen in, in the data when the time was normal. And then it uses that to try to answer what might happen in these extreme, extreme situations. And it also tries to, as Shelvin was mentioning, it also tries to tell you what is the impact on the network that is going to happen, right? If you were to take such a decision, uh, and so in this particular case, we are, um, we are uh, humans generate many situations, multiple scenarios, AI tries its best to come up with an outcomes, assign, assign probabilities of success, but humans take the final action here. Uh, and so that's an example of evaluator. And as I mentioned in all of these uh, uh, examples that we incubated in the company in Walmart, we, we thought through it. 
uh, we don't actually want when we think about extreme events these algorithms to run every day like evaluated is about uh, reducing the search space we don't want to calculate the probabilities you know what what will happen if tornado comes in january right and so we put efforts in the algorithms just enough efforts in the algorithm and try to find the just right balance of man plus machine to make it work in example of clearance pricing the first example of automator that i gave you the decision was unanimous that look it has to be completely automated and it has to be intelligent and so we built it that way the core there's a feedback loop that is built in from day one so on day one every time it was making a mistake the results are not good but over time it became smarter in decider and smart subs uh, uh, we said that look you know what reality of retail is that there might be situations where they're out of stocks freshness might be an issue so we will always have humans uh, take a final call right associate might take a final call in in exceptions happens in illuminator we said that look uh, um, assortment uh, human humans the way the customer preference keeps on changing uh, uh, and so we want to generate a lot of insights and how we procure those items and build our supply chain is a different ball and so we will use ai to generate insights so those were the examples that how we thought about ai in the company um, i'll hand it over to shivan i think thank you uh, prakar really really illuminating and thanks for sharing all the detail so we've seen that there are five major themes where humans and ai work together and learn from each other and prakar has given us some real examples uh, what we're also seeing in the report is very interesting insight is that organizations that put in place more modes of learning get a lot more value right it's almost an exponential effect so organizations that do primarily one mode very sort of single you know dimensional focus right so only automator right or you know only illuminator get some value once you get to 3 and 4 and five this value sort of geometrically increases which is really really interesting and it also talks to uh the rest of those building blocks that we talked about because you could imagine organizations that do five modes like what prakar talked about have already put in place a fair amount of the building blocks unified their strategy have scaled it across multiple places so it's not surprising that they get a ton more value the other thing that i think is inherent in this data is that to do this kind of collaboration requires a level of trust between human and ai and prakar gave us very good examples right with with assortments with recommender system all of those things the people that are making those decisions and have sort of made those decisions in the past without ai have to learn to begin to trust ai but they just cannot trust ai blindly and this is another very important insight that prakar shared with us is that that process of building that trust is not an afterthought so another way of thinking about it is this change management that has to happen actually starts on day 1 that collaboration between the users of ai the consumers of ai the process owners the store managers the chemical plant operators all of that has to happen at the very first stage of the design those modes have to be discussed and agreed and developed together rather than by a highly highly technically focused group that builds a bunch of things and then 2 years later tries to force that on the rest of the organization and this is really i think why this is so hard but the silver lining is that there is significant impact that's possible there are organizations that are getting it there are steps that they take to get it and we've heard a very good example right now 
Thanks for tuning in to this bonus episode. We'll drop another one next month. If you're curious to learn more about the five modes of human-AI interaction that we explored in our 2020 research report, Expanding AI's Impact with Organizational Learning, you can find the piece on our website. It's linked in the show notes. Thanks again, and I wish you a safe and healthy end to this calendar year.